Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, we are talking my favorite topic, intermittent fasting. My guest is one of my own intermittent fasting clients. She's Susan White, a retired educator from Arkansas. You'll get to meet her right after this. No matter what season of life you're in, whether you're an empty nester, you're a college kid, if you're in fifth grade, there's a question that comes across your mouth and your brain every day, and it's, what's for dinner? Well, I've got someone who can help you with that. I've been telling you about the Ralston Family Farms and their outstanding six varieties for many, many months now as they are sponsors of the Lisa Fisher Said podcast. But what you don't know is on their website, they have a whole host of recipes to help you when someone asks you that question, what's for dinner? You might be asking it yourself because tonight in the Fisher home, we're having chicken, broccoli, and rice casserole. Thanks to the Basmati rice that's available with the Ralston family farms. This 10 generation farming family, the ones who are in North Central Arkansas, non-GMO. Guys, this is the best rice you can find. It's available at select Costco stores and wherever you can find it. If you need to know where it is, go to RalstonFamilyFarms.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. So here we go. This is one of my intermittent fasting clients. And I picked you, Susan, because you have a great story. You've done great. So I want you to tell me what got you interested in intermittent fasting? Well, um, I saw a post on Facebook where you had uh, helped another person. And I thought, I need some help. And so maybe this would be the avenue for me to try because I've tried just about everything. So have you had I've success in? Yeah, you did. Did you have <laughs> success in those other things? Uh, temporarily, I did. Uh, I always would lose weight, but then I would gain it back plus some. And so I've just yo-yoed my entire adult life. So I'm ready to get <laughs> my health in a a good place. And we always say that intermittent fasting is the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. So we'll talk about, let's start with your health markers. What are some things you're seeing now, Susan, that have improved in the last four or five months? Well, my blood pressure uh, is going down. Um, I feel better. Um, as far as all my blood workup and that kind of thing, everything was in good, were in good areas. Um, so my doctor said everything looked good. But blood pressure is the main thing I've seen that is going down. What were your readings when you were maybe at your heaviest and what are they now? Blood pressure. Um I'm not real good at remembering things like that, but I would tell you 140 to um, 90 or something like that. 
and now yeah. it's more like 128 to um, 80, 78, somewhere Are in you there. On but list? I am on, I still am on blood pressure medicine, but okay. I'm, That's what I'm hoping that as I continue to lose, it will come, I'll get to get rid of it. That's a goal. So you haven't seen your doctor then since you've been losing weight? Yes, I have. Um, but my blood pressure, I had not been watching it enough for him to be comfortable with changing anything at this point. So sure. Sure. I'm just to keep a watch on it and then contact him back. So it's just... It's just lowering is what it's doing right now. And even with blood pressure medicine, I could never get it to these levels. I mean, I was, you know, always higher. Well, here is something, this is not medical advice, my attorney wants you to know, but my husband who has no health conditions, but hereditarily there is blood pressure issues, a familial link. And with that, his uh, doctor told him to drink hibiscus tea. That's for everybody listening. But again, this is not medical advice. This is just something I've learned. And he gets, um, you can really only find it on Amazon because they're the leaves, the hibiscus leaves. And he brews that every day like you would iced tea and he makes a gallon of it. And he drinks it throughout the day, and that has brought his blood pressure down. So his weight is good. So his weight is good. He exercises every day. He lifts weights. He's, I always say he's got the body of a former NFL player. You know, he's real fit. But sometimes we do just have nagging things like blood pressure that we're thinking, but I've lost the weight, but I've done this. So again, anyone listening, ask your doctor before you make that decision, your choice. But it is something that his, my husband's doctor told him that I thought was interesting. Okay, so let's start back. You So you started after shift Jamie McAfee, and, and he is a guest on the Lisa Fisher Said podcast as well. And he's had remarkable success. As we know, men typically lose more weight than women in whatever endeavor they have. So when you first started, because we met individually, not in a class, right? We didn't have the big group. We just one-on-one, right? That's right. I, mean, I know that, but I'm just telling people mm -hmm. that. Um, there are different options that people have with me. But so I got to know you a little more than I do when I have a group. And when I found out, what I realized from you in the beginning was you were just a tad skeptical. And it took you a minute to get on board emotionally. Do you remember that? Well, you've reminded me of that. Um, mm -hmm. I guess it's just because of my past history. And because I know I have, um, anytime I've had a vacation or a holiday, I was an educator and anytime I had time at home, I always put on weight. So now that I'm retired and I'm thinking I'm gonna be at home, I, I just doubted that I would be able to do be very successful with intermittent fasting. Um, with all of those things combined. But I was surprised it, it has worked <laughs> or is working. Let's talk about, without telling numbers on the scale, let's talk about the, the, the difference you've seen. So you started in July, if I'm 
if I'm doing my math we, right, right? We, Wasn't it July? We, yes, we started the middle of July, starting with a, the clean, doing a four weeks of trying to just get a clean fast. Um, so my eating window really got what I would say in a good place after that four weeks because it was a gradual process getting there. Um, but middle of July is when we started talking. Um, and you I had a vacation. Lost. Remember had, you had your vacation to Florida. I've had, we, we were talking even while I was on my vacation in Florida and I was able oh, that's to right. intermit. I was able to get my window down even on vacation. And since then I've been on two other trips and have been able to still lose weight with this process. So, And you never thought that would happen? Never thought that would happen. And the thing you've told me, Susan, is you'll message me and say, I feel great. I do. I, I'm able to squat and get back up, and I wasn't able to do that. Um, I mean, just little things, Lisa, as far as being able to lean over and tie your shoes without it taking all the effort you had to do it. Um, there's just little things like that. I just, I knew were interfering with my life and I didn't want it to. So I'm getting those things back. We call those non-scale victories because the scale may not show it, but emotionally it, is such a boost that you can do so those things. Seeing your blood pressure come down is definitely something that is, the scale doesn't show it, but you save money because someday you'll get to cut out the, you know, someday you'll get to reduce maybe your lisinopril or whatever it is you take for blood pressure. Okay, so then the number wise, what is your weight loss now? We're recording this the first week in December. You start in July. Okay, you'll, you'll be at five months here in a few weeks. How much weight have you lost in this amount of time? Uh, about 38 pounds. Now, can you, I could almost I cry for you. Cry. Is that not <laughs> I unbelievable? Could I could almost cry for me. <laughs> and and I would tell you, Lisa, the last um, couple of weeks, I've been on medicines for... Well, just allergies and, you know, the crud. And I had to take some steroids and Ooh. I've retained a lot of fluids. Mm -hmm. And so I am, now that those are behind me, I'm seeing that, because I had put back on some weight just very quickly. And I thought it's gotta be the medicine and the fluid because my rings weren't coming off. And mm -hmm. so I knew that it was fluid and now it's just dropping right back off. So had I not been more aware of things that I've learned through this, I would have been really concerned. But, you know, I, I knew just give it a little time and not get defeated. So. What we know about weight gain and weight loss is you really don't gain five pounds in a weekend. What you gain, though, is inflammation 
Like like for people who are who try to abide by even a caloric model or foods are good and bad and all that. Oh, I can't eat that or I had that. It's not that the foods are bad. They inflame you and that you hold on to weight because a, a really one of the side effects or how you can measure if you have a food sensitivity often is, does it make you bloat? Does it make your hands swell that you can't put your rings on? So you're seeing that. Uh-huh. When, when you've told me that I will be able to see what foods agree with me and what foods don't, um, I would tell you it's been hard for me to figure that out because I've, I've, I don't know, I've pretty much eaten the same thing. I don't know. It's, I, it just hadn't been like a slap in the face. But when I started taking this prednisone, the pharmacist said, I've, you've got to eat. You, you really don't need to fast. Oh, you need to eat. Okay. So I ate very little, but I ate every time I had to take that medicine. Um, Thanksgiving hit at the same time. So I ate that food. During my window, but I ate that food because that was a day I was through with the eating all day long to take the medicine. I was finally off the prednisone. I felt horrible. My stomach was bloated. I felt like I had so much pressure. And I told my husband, I said, I did not realize how much better I felt until I have put this food in my body and it has just blown me up and it just gave me pressure. It, it did not, I felt horrible. So I don't know what I ate that caused it, but I know that that eating, because now that I'm back onto my eating schedule, I don't have that heavy feeling my stomach has gone down it, it's just amazing well that's where sometimes what i'll tell some people is um when they're further into their journey your intermittent fasting journey like this because the first month you're kind of overwhelmed because i've taken away your candy coffee or i've taken away the fact that you know you can eat you can't eat breakfast with your family or whatever you think that I mean Lisa Fisher has said, but as they go on and then I don't let people, and Jen Stevens says the same thing, I don't want people weighing every day until they've at least done 28 days of the clean fast so they can get their mind and body ready because there's an adjustment period. But then, are, are you weighing every day, Susan? You are. I weigh, every, I weigh every day. Okay. Which is every fine, day. but I here's what I say this caveat do that but still do a seven day average because otherwise some days you will be up four pounds but again you did not gain four pounds you just ate some things so that my point in this is i have some of my clients write down they weigh every day and then i said then i tell them go spend five or ten minutes alone thankfulness journal what you're thankful for and what foods you ate the day before and then you'll start seeing, oh, I was up three pounds. Well, I had corn, which is very inflammatory for some people. 
I had wheat, very inflammatory for some people. In fact, I would pretty much make a blanket statement and say wheat because it has gluten in it to bind it, obviously. And the other products that have to have wheat, I think barley, I can't remember what else, maybe rye. Um, but a lot of times after people have eaten that, they'll notice, oh, my weight's up three or four pounds and my rings don't fit the next day. So that's a good time. You're at the point now, and anyone else listening, if you've been doing intermittent fasting for a long enough period and you can start seeing the forest you know, and the trees, you can see it all, you know, things are clearer now, then if you are weighing every day, I would still weigh and do um, a seven-day average from Sunday to Saturday and you would, on Saturday, add up all the days, divide by seven, and that would be your weekly average. And then you'll see the down tick, right? And then you can also start saying what foods, remember I said, love the foods that love you back. And you start saying, well, you know what? I, you know, like for me, protein is great for me. Veg, roasted vegetables are great. But if I do, I try to stay away from corn because it's inflammatory. Wheat definitely is inflammatory for me. Dairy is very inflammatory for some people. But, you know, some people, you could be allergic. I mean, just to the, and not, and I'm not saying allergy testing allergic, not the IgE or IgG. I'm saying sensitivity. And some foods provide such sensitivity that you'll just, you'll, like for me, I did have gluten the week of Thanksgiving. In fact, I was on a bender. I had gluten every day because I was like, I'm having gluten Thursday. This is during Thanksgiving week. Well, I had gluten on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And then uh, my psoriasis or eczema on my scalp started bothering me. My big toe started bothering me. I have arthritis in my big toe. I have little things. So it's not worth it. You know, I'm going back to the gluten-free to stay away from wheat because I, you have to decide, Susan, what's worth it for you. Because... And then I also noticed um, seed oils. And I've said this before, I've totally removed seed oils and the, the bad inflammatory oils from my diet. So I only use butter, ghee. If I could find beef tallow, I would. It's hard to find. Lard, I get pork lard from the farmers at the farmer's market. Coconut oil and avocado oil. Ghee, I mentioned, yeah, and butter. All those things that I now cook with that if I now, if I have a seed oil, sometimes a restaurant will have seed oil, I get a headache immediately. And then I know they've been cooking olive oil. I also have olive oil. Those aren't seeds. Those are fruits. Olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil. Those are fruit oils, not seed oils. But all the other ones are crappy and bad for you. And they cause weight gain. I mean, a side effect of taking them is weight gain. And then sometimes it's arthritic pains headache i get a headache immediately and so because i've cleaned it out that now when i eat it i notice it well i had um headaches with you mentioning that i have not had headaches and i was having headaches last week and i said what is the deal why am uh, i having mm -hmm. headaches um so my body definitely was telling me something. It's not agreeing. Um, but I didn't take notice to what that was. But I, you know, writing it down. I used to write down everything I ate. I stopped doing that. But 
I sure could go back and do that. But and I don't want you to me. have a diet mentality about it, though. I don't want you to say four ounces of chicken with no skin. Da, da, da. I just want you to put, these are the things I consumed, and the next day decide. Ice cream sandwich. <laughs> right. And you know what? The ice cream sandwich may be bad, but the next day, if you just have the ice cream without the sandwich part, it may be fine. So that's why foods are very subjective, and there are seasons. There are times that you are bothered by things, and then, you know, they'll say we outgrow our I know we outgrow our allergies, so we probably do our sensitivities too. And Paula Dempsey at Dempsey Bakery, which is one of the premier gluten-free bakeries in the country, and it's here in Little Rock. Uh, my, I was telling Paula recently that my daughter, who is a redhead, and those are usually more sensitive anyway to the planet. Huh. They're allergic to the planet. <laughs> um, but my daughter, Sydney, is sensitive to egg and wheat. So it's she doesn't have any packaged foods at all now because everything's made with wheat and egg. But she had been wheat and egg free for probably almost a year. And then her favorite thing all year is the state fair. And she did get the crappy food at the state fair. And I said, how'd you do? Any GI distress, headache, runny nose. But she went, no, I was fine. And I was telling Paula Dempsey that. She said, well, we call that the rain barrel effect that her bucket was empty, right? She hadn't had any inflammatory foods in a long time because they provided so much pain. So she's only filled up the rain bucket a little. But if I, I even told her, I said, well, Sydney, you used to hurt because you ate wheat and egg all the time. At breakfast, she had some. At lunch, she had some. She's skinny as a stick. So, and she's trying to gain weight because she likes to lift weights and stuff. So she said, I couldn't lift weights because um, she goes, I can't, I, I'm still lifting weights, but I can't gain weight because I don't have any wheat or egg, anything that would even kind of pucker you up a little bit. So she said, after going to the state fair, well, I might start eating wheat again. And I, and that's when I told her, I said, well, Paula calls it the rain barrel effect that you keep adding to it and add it to it. And then someday it's going to tip over and you're going to be back where you were. So, you know, that's just a decision people have to make. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. But when you see it, like you've seen it in yourself, you'll know it. That's it. It's the best deterrent. It's a self-correcting error, as we used to say on the radio. I won't go back to the seed oils because I feel too bad. And I didn't realize that I probably did have kind of a slight headache a lot of, you know, my years. And I just got used to it because I would pop a Tylenol and I don't do any of that now because our livers do not need, this is not medical advice, but anyone will tell you, your liver does not need the damage that acetaminophen does to your liver. That's why now there's a warning on the back. And even your doctor, if you're telling him you're taking something, he'll say, mm, you know, I'd be real careful around the acetaminophen. I thought it was like taking a Tic Tac, you know, a candy. But I didn't realize that everything, I, everything we ingest affects us, our hair, our nails, our poop, our eyesight. That's one thing people notice. Have you noticed your eyesight's improved since you've been fasting? No. Mm-mm. I, that, I, I don't notice any difference there. Do you wear I contact tell lenses? You, I don't. Or gla- you wear glasses then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a I lot of people will notice that. My clarity, my thinking process is clearer. 
But I don't know if that, again, is retirement and less on my plate. Could be, yeah. Or a combination, or, but I'm, I'm thankful for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your, so we started you on a 16 and 8 schedule, it seems like, if I remember. I wanted you to fast for 16 hours, and I said, eat whatever you want for 8 hours. Um, and then we did 17-7, then... 18-6, meaning you fast for 18, you feast for 6. What is your window now? Um, I had gotten it to like 2 and 3 hours is what I was doing. But when I went, had to start eating some with the medication, I am now back to about a 4-hour window because I'm doing it gradually. Because it it, it's difficult to... When your body you know, gets used to wanting something. So I had to get through that hump again of, um, you know, my body not saying go put something in or, or me wanting to go put something in it just because I had been putting something, you know. Um, I guess, Lisa, one of the things that you said to me that I really have to think about is listen to your body and that many times our body really isn't hungry mm -hmm. and it will pass. Um, and when I'm eating, not to eat everything because it tastes so good, that really to stop when, I'm, when my body says I'm full. And that's been probably the thing that really I have to hold on to because those things right there make a difference because I was always accustomed to clean the plate or this hamburger is so good I want every last bite of it instead of just eating until I was full and so those are changes that I still have to really concentrate on I have to hear that that voice Again, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that mean old voice. Um, well, you are an educator and you all have to eat in like nine and a half minutes. So, you know, I have a lot of teachers and uh, I have another group with a couple of teachers in that group. And I've had other teachers and they just say our time is so short that we are shoveling it in. And then we would go about our day. And that's why Jen Stevens, you know, whom I'm referencing as the mother of intermittent fasting, said that's why she quit even eating during the day and she would open her window like at 3.30 or 4 because she said it, it just wasn't enough time really to eat because the discipline of intermittent fasting is you don't eat but when you go to eat you're eating because you're hungry it makes you it makes you hungry so even today here's an example it's 145 147 it's almost two o'clock here I haven't eaten yet um, some days my window's 12 to 4, some days it's 4 to 8, you know, and that's a good thing. I will encourage you with that, Susan. I would change up that window as much as you can. It's called metabolic flexibility. It forces your body to burn, to be a good, efficient fat burner. It's really good for you metabolically and for your mitochondria and all these things. So, so you know, I could have maybe eaten lunch today before we talked, but I can't just grab a handful of grapes to open my window or a cookie because I have to then my because my insulin is released and we talked about this from the pituitary 
my pituitary tells the, the pancreas to release the insulin and it brings that blood sugar down. And when the blood sugar's down is when you really notice real shakiness and I have to eat more. So um, that's the discipline of intermittent fasting. I'll delay today until maybe 2.30, but you know what? I'm picking my grandkids up at three. I'm meeting somebody at five o'clock. I may not end up eating till five o'clock, but because I've metabolic flexibility, I'm not gonna die. I don't feel like I'm gonna die. I have iced tea right here in my Yeti cup, uh, unsweet iced tea, of course, and I'm just kind of sipping on that. I'm getting through each thing, but that's one thing. We have been trained by um, the media, you know, what, what we watch, that we're hangry, or, you know, there was a time that there was even a Dr. Pepper commercial that said you should eat, you would drink a Dr. Pepper at 10, two and six. Do you remember that? It was years ago, maybe 30 or 40 years ago, because they said you would need it. So we've been told and, and we were erroneously told by healthcare providers to eat every three hours. And it hasn't benefited us. It just made us fatter. Um, one thing also you are recognizing and people say this when they, especially people who like to go on a cruise, that is their mode of transportation. They love that. And intermittent fasters will say, but the problem is food is out, you know, 24 seven practically or all day. And intermittent fasters give themselves permission on their vacation to maybe loosen up their window and they'll eat all day for the six days that you're on you know, sailing the high seas and they come back and they feel so lousy the next day. They are so tired that it's fatiguing. Your digestion had to work twice as hard than it normally does and it doesn't benefit you. So I think the thing that confuses people the most is we have the most energy not eating. That is I have found that to be true because, again, I was sluggish after last week. It, 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 it took several days also to like get you, it out of my system. You almost had to take it a nap. Yeah. It, it, it was awful. It was the worst feeling. Um, and I would tell you, when I was on, the on my vacation, Lisa, I had, in Jen's book, it talked about up, up days and down days. Yes. So I did, I changed my intermittent fasting based upon our activities and which days I wanted to be up days and which days I wanted to be down days. And I looked at the window of when I was going to eat based upon. So I just did pre-planning and it wasn't a problem. And I got to eat at the meals that I wanted to eat and... So. And did you find yourself, were you ever with your family that you were skipping a meal because you were going to wait until nope. you were delaying? Okay, you got to eat nope. then when they were eating and everything. Yep, yep. And you know, that's yep. so freeing, Susan. People think, that's the other thing they're kind of nervous about in the beginning is, well, how do you handle it then if you, they'll always say, if you have a late dinner one week or one night, I go, you plan for it. You prepare for it. And you stay busy drinking your liquids. And then you might eat that day again from 4 to 8 p.m. Wonderful. Or if, you know, one girl, her daughter was getting married. We're having the wedding brunch on Saturday. And then the wedding's not till that night at 7 o'clock. And I went, 
You'll be fine. It's one day. Live your life. But it's really nice that you can see that you can go further and further and not be challenged too much. Hi friends, as you can see, I have a lot of enthusiasm about intermittent fasting. That's because it changed my life and the way I think back in 2017. In fact, it's infected every part of my life now in lowering our insulin loads that I became a student at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York. And now I have my certification as an integrative nutrition health coach. That means that I'm seeing clients. I can do that through, obviously, Zoom calls. You can do that through FaceTime. You can do that one-on-one -on -one in person. And if you're interested in becoming a client of mine, you can just email me, healthcoaching at lisafishersaid.com. We'll put that link in the show notes, healthcoaching at lisafishersaid.com. Now, back to the program. Okay, Susan, let's talk about what an up day, down day is in, in the Susan White definition. I can help you if you get nervous. Well, it's been a while because that was in October uh, when I did that. But um, some days we had more meals planned. And I, I get the it confused with what's an up day and what's a down day. But one day... I ate more because of the meals that we had planned. And then the next day, I did more fasting. Now, which one was the up and which one was the down? You tell me. I can't remember that. Well, it doesn't matter what you were doing, though. So the broad definition of an up day, down day approach, and a, a lot of people, they kind of like living like this. A lot of people, this is how they do their intermittent fasting because of their schedules and stuff. An up day. So let's start with the down day. The down day can be anywhere from 500 calories, but that means you have to count calories. And I don't know how to do that. So 500 calories, or you can even choose anything to zero calories on a down day. So you can have a down day, but if you have a down day, everybody listening, if you have a down day, you have to follow it by an up day or you're gonna, your metabolism's gonna drop. You saw that on those days that you had an up day, you were eating more than you traditionally did. You might've eaten two really big meals or three meals in that day. That actually helped your metabolism. Now that, if that doesn't blow your mind, nothing will. Yes, and that that's why I did it is because some days my daughter, we were at Disney World and we would have the breakfast planned and we'd have a meet, uh, you know, for characters and we'd have a dinner planned. And I didn't want to miss out on any of those opportunities. So we when we scheduled those things, I just didn't have her schedule those on back to back days. So that, that was I good. Could, so I could follow it. And so that I had just read about that. And so we alternated our days so that I could That's participate. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, and a lot of people like doing that anyway, because they like the freedom and the indulgence. It almost feels like an indulgence day when you have an up day because you're eating more than you traditionally do within a daily eating window. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, Besides the number of meals, yes, I ate more at those meals. Mm -hmm. And you still lost weight. I did. I came home and had lost weight. 
Yep. Now, is that not insane? Yep. <laughs> it is. It's insane that well, we how we've been. Well, just that we've been told the wrong things about our metabolism. We were told that we had to lower our calories. Well, actually, you increased your calories on those days. On those and then days. You had days. Yes, on those days. And then you had other, but you were following it with a longer period of fasting. Um, I would just, I would say this is something I can do for my life. I mean, I really. Oh, absolutely. Feel like looking at my schedule, knowing if I want to take a vacation, I can still do. Um, but anyway, it's it's freeing, is what it is. It's freeing that I we're not worried, and I use this example all the time about pulling your clothes out of your closet for the next season and them not fitting. Actually, you're about to run into running you're about to run into the problem of your clothes are going to be too big. But yes. So I'm, I told you even because you and I are, are you're five, eight, right? We're the same height. Yep. Or you're close to five, eight. I remember. Cause I said, I you're going to weigh eight. what I, mm -hmm. yeah. And I said, you're going to weigh yeah. what I weigh. And you went, Oh no, I'm not. And I went, honey, you're on your way, but you'd never had that number in your mind, but your body is just going to whittle away. And then I told you the size I am, you know, for someone five eight and you know I weigh a buck and a half, you know one fifty, about a six or an eight. You went, oh no no, I'm not. I, that's a, and it's because you can't imagine. I mean, but look how much weight you've lost. You've lost almost forty pounds, Susan. Yeah, and sizes hadn't changed as much as I had thought that they would, but. Um, I know my wrist, I mean, everywhere is smaller. Uh, my shoes fit better. My wrist, my bracelets fit better. Um, I mean, it's, it's all over. It's not just in my waist or in my hips or, you know. So well, I that's why I guess I have to, while the sizes haven't changed as much. Well, but yeah. did you wear looser clothes? Tight clothes. With, I, well, I, I did. I felt I wore tight pants because they were getting too small. And all my tops were tunic style that could right. go over, you know, more right. weight. Um, so I'm able to, yes, I'm, I'm wearing more fitted clothing and not wearing the big tunic tops. Right. So you're going to have all those things. So you'll go into the winter clothing that they're going to be too big. And then let's say the things you bought from your newer size, you don't have to worry about in a year if they're going to fit. But because they may be too big too. the things you, you're even whittling down to. So don't spend a whole bunch of money right now because you're just plugging along. And that's it. Because people will start asking you, well, Susan, haven't you lost enough weight? And you'll say, well, I'm just, I'm eating in a time-restricted manner. I mean, I have a daily eating window or I just, I'm not on a diet. 
Because someone said that to me yesterday. She goes, but you've lost enough weight. I go, I don't look at the scale. I just live my life with uh, a daily eating window or a, an up day, down day approach, you know, depending. But I, it's better to explain to people. I said, I have a daily eating window. I eat what I want within that window. But as you know, um, and I remember telling you about this, I said the magic of appetite correction kicks in. And that's when you do eat you have the hamburger and the french fries and the milkshake and you eat half the hamburger and some french fries and a few sips of milkshake and you look over at your partner or your child or who you work with and you go i can't eat anymore and i know that's happened to you it has and um but during thanksgiving again when i was eating and more. i say thanksgiving it really was right prior to Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving hit at the point that I had been eating. Um, and I could not, I wasn't stopping myself. You know, at that, it was like, oh, this is so good. But I would feel so miserable. So I've just, I've, I have to hear your voice. I do. I just go oh, back so to listen, listen to your body. Um, you don't have to eat it just because it tastes good. If you're full, you're full. Ha have we discussed the sigh? Ha did yes. we ever discuss this? Yeah. So yes. that's when you're eating and you, you've, you've been following a daily eating window and you've been intermittent fasting, clean fasting. Because that way, you're, remember I said this is a hormonal problem and hormones communicate and your hormones, not just your sex hormones, but leptin and ghrelin and the things that tell you you're hungry and tell you you're full. And once they start communicating, then when you're going to eat that meal, during the meal, you will often have a sigh like this. And it's your body's way of saying, put the fork down, you're done. And you can put the, and anyone listening, Put the fork down at that point. And if you need to set a timer for 20 minutes, set a timer for 20 minutes. And then in 20 minutes, see if you need more food. Probably the answer is no. Not always. But just, again, it's listening to your body. Uh, so do people, are, are people noticing? They may not, if you're not wearing, if you're wearing more tunic style clothing, because I see it in your face. Your face is slim and your neck, but, and so I know people are noticing that, but did anyone, has anyone been, because you're not in school teaching, you're not a principal anymore, educator, so you're not with your peers, so is anyone noticing? Uh, yes, people are noticing, but um, I am at home a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not out and about. Um, but yes, when people see me, yes, they've noticed that I've lost weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a lot of weight. My family, especially. But, you know, I'm not now, doing it for them. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And yeah, but you, but you are doing it for them because your gift of good health means they don't have to pick out a nursing home for you. I mean, and we say that. Because one of the benefits of reducing the amount of hours you are releasing insulin during the day, it lowers your risk of dementia, cancer, and type 2 diabetes, which that's what our nursing homes and hospitals are full with, are those yeah, three and conditions. And I don't want any of those. 
Nobody wants those. So that's to me the biggest impetus or incentive for us is it's a health. That's why we say it's a health plan. Oh, with the side effect of weight loss. Yeah, she's knocked off almost 40 pounds too, but you just lowered your risk for several conditions because of the insulin load. Uh, did I tell you about the new book I'm crazy about called Why We Get Sick by Ben Bickman? Yes, and um, I thought I, I think had. I've, yeah, I think I've, that's one I've started I, listening to. Yeah. Yes. Because it, um, yes, 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 yes. Because I thought we had talked about You told about me it. about another one too, but that's that's the one you told me about about a month ago. And I listened yes. to multiple chapters of it. I, I called, go back and read listen. I called my siblings and said, okay, you've got to, you got to mm -hmm. do this because I don't want mm -hmm. them sick either. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. You know, no, you don't want it for anybody. Um, I, I've been asked to speak to a group next week and the girl said, well, we kind of need to have an idea of what you're going to talk about because we're talking about mental health. And actually, insulin is connected to your mental health. And people who are insulin resistant have higher incidences of anxiety and depression. So I, I said, wow. well, I'm going to be talking about ways. I know ways to relieve to reduce um, our insulin resistance and because we want to be insulin sensitive. And she said, well, I hope you're not going to be talking about intermittent fasting because it's so controversial. And I went, what's controversial about lowering your risk of cancer, diabetes, um, endometriosis? I mean, like that book goes through all these conditions that are connected, PCOS, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, depression, mm -hmm, anxiety, mm -hmm. on and on and on that are connected with high insulin or, or insulin resistance. And I just thought, what's controversial about that? Like, I, I really didn't understand it. And I, I, and I said, plus, if you're inviting me to speak to your group, you know that I won't keep my mouth shut. I only talk about things I'm passionate about. I mean, she's known me in the media for 35 years. I went, I've never kept my mouth shut. So you either invited the wrong girl or you invited the wrong girl, you know. I, I said, you understand that I, I, I can't not talk about it. If we're talking about improving your health and your mental health, the first thing everyone should do is start reducing the amount of hours in the day they release insulin. Now, that that's the one thing I want to say. It's different for everybody. I have some, I have one woman in one of my groups this summer who was uh, 67, very slim, um, and she was doing it because she had just been diagnosed with early onset dementia. So, but... She doesn't want to lose weight, but she wants to lower her insulin and insulin resistance. So her fasting window, I think she decided on 1410. She fasted 14 hours and then ate in a 10 hour period. I will say, and I think Dr. Bickman mentions it in his book, people who do, if you're not trying to lose weight at that point, he and a lot of people in the health space, as we say, are telling people to stop snacking. The constant snacking is another thing that's messing with your, it could make you push you toward more insulin resistance. Um, and so if you do have a longer feasting window of 10 hours, eat well, but don't, don't, yeah, don't, I mean, I don't know what, any other way to say it. Don't hang out in the pantry, you know, get it and go. Just get it and go, which is different. Again, the media, and I say the media, meaning any device you where you're getting information that includes Facebook, social media, the television, newspaper, it all tells you you need to eat more. Well, 
Taco Bell has fourth meal. We don't need fourth meal. We barely even need third meal. I think we could all do better as a group of humans in we would say Western civilization, but we now know that even third world countries are seeing problems with insulin resistance, that if we cut the amount of hours in the day, we ate. I sound mean yeah, saying I, that. <laughs> well, when you said the number of meals, I'm just eating like a snack just to open my window. Yeah. And then just an hour later, then I eat my meal. And then if I need something before I close it, then I might have just a little snack there. But I'm really just eating one meal. Yeah, one meal and a snack, yeah. I think Jen uh -huh. Stevens says that's how she does it too. It's because we get full, not because we're trying to deprive ourselves. But I noticed yesterday I had almost a 24-hour fast and I open my window um, with highly nutritious foods. I don't eat packaged foods or I don't eat any crap. I mean, I might have a few potato chips if someone gave them to me, but I wouldn't choose that. Um, but I ate and I get full so easily, but I knew at about, so that was like at five o'clock. So I was finished by 5.15. I was full so easily. And it was a chicken dish I made that had borzon cheese and heavy cream and capers and spinach. It was really good. I'm going to write a cookbook and I'm putting that in there. <laughs> like it was really good. But then I noticed about six o'clock that I still had some hunger, but I didn't want any more of that food. So I made a protein shake because I try to get collagen in my diet and fiber, prebiotic fiber in my diet. And I'm trying to think what else I put in there. It's protein, um, almond milk, and sometimes I do coconut milk. And there's something else. Oh, inositol is the stuff I'm taking now. It's really good for your immune system. So I tried to get it in there. That was a good way to do it, but I couldn't even finish that whole shake. So I made the shake. It was mangoes. It was frozen mangoes. It was really good, but I couldn't even eat that because I do. I just get full easily. And I'm, and this is what uh, then the argument will be. Well, then you're starving yourself. No, I get full easily and I'm done. And so I just listen to my body. My body said, don't eat. But here's the flip side of that. If today I had gotten up because I really didn't eat much yesterday, I could have opened my window earlier, but it also makes me sleepy. And before I do an interview, I don't, I don't want to have anything to impair my delightfulness, <laughs> meaning my enthusiasm. And when I eat, it makes me clear my throat because I have a lot of food sensitivities, but different foods. And so for years I was on the radio in the morning, I would eat before I went at 4 a.m. because I was told to eat every three hours, but I was clearing my throat the whole morning. And if I do any type of broadcasting at all, I do not eat before I do it. And probably you would have thought that as an educator, you would have probably been the person, Susan, who didn't eat during the day because your mind was sharper. You probably would have been the educator who, like Jen Stevens, refrained from eating all day because your mind is sharper when you're fasting because you fire, you produce adrenaline that gives you energy. Well, had I known that you're right, but that's, that's what I said. Why didn't I know this for because years? We didn't, know. we didn't know. Because I have just... And, 
you know, but y you don't know what you don't know. That's right. And now I know. And, and that's so. why I feel like it's really our job is to to be fasting evangelists, you know, to tell people that this is out there because this is something that, because one time I did mention fasting and someone said that marginalized communities, she was worried about the poor. And I went, oh, no, 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 this this benefits all groups of people because number one, you're eating less. It's not a diet. You don't go to anybody. It costs you nothing. In fact, that's what I'm saying. You save money and it, it is, but I will say the further you go, you do learn to swap out maybe, well, it, quit buying packaged foods. Packaged foods take up a lot of your money and it's crap. It's, it is, it's not highly nutritious foods. And so if you start learning to eat by getting meats and vegetables, maybe, you know, I love rice with mine or grits sometimes, or, you know, I, I do some gluten-free pasta. I feel, I feel full and satisfied rather than if I'd been to a drive-thru. Have you noticed that, well, I, that real food uh -huh. satisfy you more? Yep. I have eaten more bananas. <laughs> I found I love bananas and they're filling and I might only eat a half of a banana to open my window. And then I'll have the other half later. Um, and right, I mean, they're cheap. I mean, yesterday I went and bought like eight or 10 bananas and it was less than $2. And I thought, wow. That's <laughs> you hilarious. Know, that was, yeah. But I eat at least one banana every day, if not two. I have you love. noticed? Have you noticed that you've saved money though on food? Uh, probably I have. I don't, you know, I don't watch my spending like I should. Um, but I don't have to go to the store very often. Right. And right. I'm That's and I cook thing. more. I cook more. What I go to the store for are basically produce that I just need yeah. something fresh. Yeah, perishables. Um, uh huh. But yeah, I don't go to the store very often. Um, but now I cook let's talk a lot about. More. But before we started, you said we were getting ready, and Darren, my producer, is here. And you said, "Wait, my my timer's going to ding, and I've got to go get the cookies out of the oven." So I love hearing that intermittent fasting clients eat cookies. So tell me about what cookies you're going to have later today. Well, I made uh, thumbprint cookies with raspberry jam in them. <laughs> I know. At night, that sounds so good. after dinner, I just like to have a graham cracker, a cookie, something with a cup of black coffee. It just makes me end the day nicely. So, um, and I have grandkids that come home after school, so I've bake these and you know so i'll have those um yesterday i made party mix so oh, i love that if I want salty and crunchy yep. Mm -hmm. yep so if i want a little bit of that for a snack then i've got that um so i i'm still eating things i like good i'm just eating them 
during that time. And when I cook, this is what's really, I don't know what other people do. I don't know what Chef Jamie does. Well, you've told me what Chef Jamie does. But I can't taste anything while I'm cooking. I know. Because it's not my window. So I don't right. know if I have enough salt, enough seasonings. Um, but I, there's a neighbor that I can call and say, will you come over <laughs> and taste this for me and tell me if it has, because I'm not going to taste it. I'm not it's either. not in my window and I'm not going to open not it. Not going to um, budge. Not budging. I mean, it's, I hold true to it. So I know it. Me um, too. when it's something I really need to know, then I'll call my neighbor and say, can you come over and just taste this and let me know what it needs? That is hilarious. Well, oh. Chef Jamie uh, called me yesterday and he just so people understand that for he started, he was morbidly obese and he, he's going to tell it in a podcast. I think he started at 370 and he's like at 285, but he has held fast. I know it's amazing. He has held fast to this number and it really hasn't moved. And he still is on metformin because he is type two diabetic. They have decreased his medicine by 50%, but he's still checking his blood glucose in the morning. It's still running a little high. And I said, well, Jamie, it's time to bite the bullet. Um, I'm going to recommend you do an every a true alternate day fast where you eat on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and you don't eat Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or whichever way you do it. So yesterday, um, he is an instructor at Plasky Technical College in the Culinary Institute. He hasn't tasted their foods all semester, but yesterday was an eating day for him. So he said, because usually the instructor tastes it, but he makes each other taste it. He said, I'm glad I'm having this because I'm not real impressed here. You know, no. But that's his first time he had eaten their food. And they were shocked. They were like, chef, you're eating. And it's because when you do a true alternate day fast, he had fasted 42 hours. I think he said yes. So he opened it yesterday. He called me around 12. So it probably been at about 11. He was eating. He had eaten some of their food. That's the first thing he had eaten since a day and a half earlier. But he's doing this to bring his blood glucose down. But he said it was just funny because the students had never seen him eat because he always says, my window's not open. And so they were shocked when he said, my window's open <laughs> and I get to taste it now. So he said that he said they weren't ready yet to open a restaurant, any of them. <laughs> and that was his first time to find out. But that's how disciplined you have to be. You have to decide. And it's not because of the calories. It's because we don't want to release insulin because insulin, though you need it, is a fat storing hormone. And once you understand that, then you understand a lot. Well, Susan, you didn't think you'd be able to talk 10 minutes on this. And we're almost, we're at almost 57 minutes here. You've done a great job. Oh, Anything wow. you want to end with? Anything else? Any parting words you have for us? Do you no, exercise? Do you, do you exercise? I have not exercised at all. So that's my next thing on the list. Um, I've got a new puppy, and my goal is oh, to start walking the dog good. as a way to get myself out. Um, so, you know, it's just one step at a time. Um, but if I had something to say, Lisa, it would be thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That kind of makes me because cry. Because it really, well, it really, it really, it really has helped me. 
and I see a way that I can be healthy for my family, be with my grandkids, be able to be active, um, and still enjoy food when I eat. So, and Great you've story. been a big help. You've been a big help to me. Um, just that cheerleader, just to say yes, you're doing it. Uh, because I'm a person that has to have that reinforcement. I think everybody is, but I know I am. Well, you're easy to cheer. You've done a great so, job. Well, thank you. Thank really you. proud of you. Great job today, too. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.